This is IQMZ Tech, episode 15, recorded Saturday, the 19th of January, 2019. Hello and welcome to IQMZ Tech, the show where we talk about some of the biggest tech news stories with people who are passionate about all things electronic. Yo, what up? I'm your boy, NJJ Stone, a.k.a. O'Doctor. And I'm Anthony Lemos, a.k.a. Shameless Amos, because I haven't published anything in a while and that'll change tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to publish everything. Everything's getting published. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, life happens, man. These podcasts are hard. So uh, <laughs> we start this yeah. week with a uh, venture beat story detailing some figu- some scary figures about internet connected devices and inherent security flaws they present. A 29% inc- increase in DDoS attacks for the first half of 2018 over 2017, 496 million smart devices vulnerable to a hack called DNS rebinding, and as many as 51% of companies with more than 1,000 employees not even knowing how many devices are on their network. The article then goes on to share some not-so-common-sense actions that can be taken to remove most of these threats. Now, are the, are these things that, uh, that that you were unaware of? Is it, where, where, where are you at on the whole um, scary, apocalyptic Internet of Things thing? So I was on the level of not having anything in my house besides my phone, <laughs> even though my phone is basically spying on me at all times anyway. Right. <laughs> and I literally take it around with me from room to room, even to the bathroom. So <laughs> even when you hear people that want to try to, oh, I don't have a Alexa in my house or a Google Home. Okay. Do you have a cell phone? Right. Do you have a laptop? Like, do you have a webcam? Like, so there's so many things that are listening. But yes, who didn't know this? But the problem is the more things you have connected, the more things get attacked. But at the end of the day, you need these things. We're addicted. <laughs> I want to talk to everything. I want everything to do everything I say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right? So I looked down the, uh, these, the, the little hints or whatever for protecting yourself. And some of the stuff is... If you're if you're a techie at all, um, updating firmware and software, you know, um, making sure that you can change the password on a device before you buy it, things like that seem kind of kind of basic, pretty simple. Something that I didn't realize is a, uh, uh, it makes total sense. Reboot reboot your smart devices on a regular basis, because most of the time an attack will live live in the active memory, and you reboot and that's gone. I just hadn't thought of that, but it makes complete sense. And then uh, things like uh, disconnect unauthorized and unused gadgets. Like if you know what's on your network, then get rid of the crap that doesn't need to be there. So it's super late at night for anybody who's watching the video. That's why I look like I'm in the dark. I don't feel like putting these lights on. I'm, it's raining outside. I'm trying to be all seductive and seduce Amos here. But see, I got a pro tip for you. You see what I'm saying? When I wear my foil hat, right? So I have one device that turns on all the devices. Mm-hmm. So all my devices are on smart devices. And when I walk in the door, I can either tell them to turn on or turn off. So it turns all of them on. So they're not just always on actively. I have to turn them on. Mm. And I usually don't turn them on unless I need them. So I can use my phone to turn on the device and I can turn it off. Google allows you to physically turn it on or off with a button. Mm-hmm. But Alexa's always listening. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so is Siri. So that's one of my little pro tips if you really, really about that life where you think you need to turn stuff off. So here's my tinfoil hat for you on that 
that aspect of it. Um, your uh, your your Amazon devices have a button on it that mutes the microphone and give you a little little red ring. But that's a software button and a software light. Do you really think it's not listening to you while it's yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's, exactly. It's more like I, it's just not responding to you. It's not <laughs> that it's not listening. <laughs> I need I need the full security of a click. That's what Google gets me. Google knows what I like. I need to physically feel like I did something. Uh, speaking of Google, Google arrived at CES ready to take on Amazon's voice services. And I thought about summarizing this, but I know Owen is already uh, excited. So I'm going to let you give this rundown. What, what excited you about uh, these Amazon or these Google stuffs at CES? Okay. So if y'all don't know, we had an episode a couple weeks ago and Google was just behind Echo. Echo came out with all this sexy stuff. They had subwoofers, dinosaurs, extra speakers. They put cloth on everything so they look like Google. And now Google out here trying to do it. So the thing that I do and don't like about Google is that they outsource to other companies to make things. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they hit or miss on things like Mm -hmm. the Lenovo stuff with the wood. It looked good, but the functionality wasn't right. right. But they seem like they're starting to get it right. And that's going to give us more possibilities because I really do love the UI of Google. So now that everybody's getting on board and starting to play, I'm excited. So the fact that they're just trying, they know that they've got, it's, it's a good battle. Like, Echo, Amazon knew they had to come out with something, mm-hmm. and so they did. And now Google's like, oh, shoot, we got to come out with stuff. So they are, and they're having more influence over the products that they disperse to other companies, and that's what I like about what they're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, my big takeaway from this was that Google is responding to Amazon from earlier, uh, just like you said. And uh, I hate to say it, but there's a whole lot of crickets from the Siri camp. Oh, well, Siri's garbage. Um, <laughs> it's one step above, uh, what's the Samsung thing? Babel? Yeah. Babel? Uh, baby? Um, <laughs> but, but, the, uh, the fact that you don't the, know the name it proves your point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pixie, Bixie, Bixel, Bixie. Anyway, um, but the one thing that I love or I want for Google is the translation machine. Mm. They should have that like every store. Like, I don't know if you've ever worked in retail, but like when someone comes in and they speak Spanish or I've met French people or Mm -hmm. Arabian people Mm -hmm. and I feel bad because they hardly speak English. I definitely don't speak their language and you want the business, you want to service them and you can't. If you could just have a Google device sitting up on the front of your counter, especially for small businesses, that's huge. Now they demonstrated that, well, um, was it uh, uh, The Verge demonstrated the Google Voice Translate deal, and it was it was a little slow. It missed a couple keywords, but it was also translating to Chinese. Yeah, like that's you got to figure if they can get if they can get an eighty percent accuracy on Chinese, they're probably nailing a hundred percent on Spanish. Yes, and Spanish is very close to Italian, and uh, right. so it, it it lends itself to a lot of other languages. But just. The, the, you know, the Samsung TV integration, um, they're starting to put stuff into like the fridges. I mean, I don't know how bad I want a fridge with a screen on it. <laughs> That's just one more thing to die and just be sitting there black. Yeah. For fucking yeah. 18 well, years. But, but can it, uh, can it order what I need in the fridge while I'm away from the house and have Amazon fresh deliver it? Like, uh, like I, I well, see not, the use not, case scenario. 
Yeah, and not even Amazon. Um, all your local grocers are now doing it. Mm-hmm. Shoprite, Acme, in my area have free home delivery. Oh man, I didn't think about that. If I could just make a list on my fridge when I'm doing it and then send it out, and then they bring it to my house. Okay, I need a fridge with a TV in. <laughs> you just messed up. Well, there you go. Um, ah, this one, this one hurts. Hyundai showed up at CES with the dream product, as in it's not here yet, and it'll haunt my nightmares. Hyundai's Elevate vehicle is a concept car wherein each of the four tires are attached to legs that can extend and allow the vehicle to traverse a five foot wall or a five foot gap, climb stairs, and maintain a 15 foot track width for those times you just need the extra traction. This, it was all concept art that they showed, and all of it was straight out of some really bad Transformers B movie. Um, Side note, I am a Hyundai owner. I'm on my second vehicle. I love them. I love the warranty. I love the feelability. I love the value that I get. Mm -hmm. I love everything about them. So if they would ever like to sponsor me and give me a car, even to test drive, I just love Hyundai in general. This idea that you, Sammy, dislike, I personally enjoy. Um, Think about the handicapped people. Mm -hmm. Think about the elderly. Mm -hmm. Think about the people who are are just... um, immobilized in some way Mm -hmm. like let's let's say you broke your leg and you didn't want to try to climb to a back of a cab and you had like robocab come pick you (laughs) up and drop you up at your brownstone like they have in the in the art right that would be so amazing again it's a specialty utility yeah but i support this one thousand percent i don't know if it works i don't know if it's safe the wheels look really janky to me like <laughs> you better not be anywhere where there's snow because you're going to be ice skating and then everybody dies but in general <laughs> well see, I, I'm, I, I'm looking I, at I it from support a this. i'm looking at it from a security point of view as well because you have places with bollards and everything else to stop people from entering you know, uh, and and now you're going to have a vehicle that can traverse the barriers, the little walls and the and the bollards and things like that that are there to stop vehicles from going through. I'm just saying well, this is a double double sided, you know, double double okay. blade story. So it it's not riding up like a horse on his back hind legs and like driving into something. It's not pulling a night rider. Okay, right, but it, it can ro- still it rolls cl- up to the thing. It lifts itself up. It puts itself over. And it scoots. Well, I don't, I'm not saying it's got to be fast. I'm just saying there's a lot of areas where it's 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 not designed for vehicles, and they have they have uh, protections against vehicles, and this can basically circumvent all of them. <laughs> you sound like a hater of the future, and I don't like it. I don't condone <laughs> it. And if you keep it up, I'm getting a new a co-host because oh. we will not, we will not against things of the future just like mars and that i'm against we're not going to mars but this we could do i believe okay. in this okay well speaking of uh, of the future let's talk a little bit about the past apple notoriously shunned ces several years ago but made an appearance of sorts this year by way of a huge billboard simply stating what happens on your iphone stays on your iphone this is in addition to several partnerships announced but no product shipping just yet what do you think about Apple uh, uh, trolling CES just a little bit here? Just like we said earlier, your phone's always listening to you, but you could at least semi-trust Apple for these things. I think this was clever. I think this is a great use of guerrilla warfare in marketing. And I fully understand because Apple uh, just got backed by a judge that said you can't use someone's face or fingerprints to have them unlock mm-hmm. their phone. 
<clears throat> I didn't put that on the rundown. We're not talking about that, but Apple seems to have security, quote unquote, on lock, and I like that. I like the fact that they put the billboard out there. Yeah, yeah, they're secure. I'm I'm just kind of happy to see Apple striking with some sort of uh, hot iron because they've been kind of getting getting washed away with some you know with Siri like like you said Siri's kind of junk right now and um, some of these other things these foldable screens and stuff like that that we're, we we'll be talking about it just it's nice to see that Apple still has something they can hold on to. <laughs> I feel like Apple is prime for if they understand. I don't think that they have real people there, but if they understood the power of Siri. Like their HomePod speaker is garbage. No one buys it. Everyone returns it. And it's because Siri is such hot trash. Like they need to do something to boost that. And hopefully they realize that that could be their next big thing. Yeah. And w- when they bought Siri, it was the hot new item. And they just haven't done enough with it. It's just, there needs to be some more R&D behind it. They're like one of the richest companies in the world. Throw some money behind that and make it good. I just don't understand. It's- it, said, it does the same thing it did at launch. <laughs> Adds yeah. to my calendar and plays music. It, it really, that's in in uh, simple arithmetic on my watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a Promobot V4 was struck by a Tesla Model S on January 6th at CES. Both machines were in autonomous mode. With robots killing robots, have we finally entered the singularity? Hey. Bot on bot crime, baby. <laughs> You know what I mean? Somebody needs to talk to these bots and tell them that they need to stop and come together in their community. The violence is at a level unknown. <laughs> but as long as they're killing each other staying out of my hood, I guess it's okay. Oh, well, uh, th- this sec- isn't speaking any cultural uh, aspects in today's oh. society at all. <laughs> oh, oh no, no doubt. Especially since uh, both uh, machines were black and white. I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah. It writes itself. You know what I mean? It yeah. writes itself. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, finally, Quartz gives us a write-up summarizing who won CES. Uh, to quote them, no one. While there were a few outstanding products to show off, the big takeaway is that we finally entered what they call the post-smartphone era. So have you ever been to a CES? I have not, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I, depending on how you take it. It's fortunate. I, I went to two. I haven't gone to one in like four years, maybe five years. They have not interested me. It's now it's become such a jungle mess. I was about to say something worse than that. <laughs> but <laughs> um, half the stuff that comes out is just recycled garbage. The other half is imaginative garbage that you never end up seeing. And they're just trying to throw something together to show off to people. And it's just, the same. oh, it's a bigger TV? Yeah. It's a thinner TV. It's a watch. It's a dog. It's it, a, it's, I mean. It, it seems to me as the outsider, having never been to one, that the that CES is really just a way for the company to say to the investors, look, we're actually spending your money on something decent. They They introduced a smart water bottle speaker. <laughs> a water bottle with a speaker in it that was smart. Oh, but it's water resistant and such. And I'm like, why do I need that? Why do I need to sip water out of a speaker with a hollowed out canister in it that only holds eight ounces of liquid? Like, who, why? Someone spent so much money on that. They spent so much money on a booth. A booth's got to be anywhere between five and 15 grand. And mm. you spent that on a water bottle with a speaker in it? You should be ashamed of yourself and embarrassed. <laughs> But we always kick off the year with CES, and every once in a while there's a few hidden gems. And uh, 
the folding screen phone was not one of them. My cousin is hyped on that so bad. He wants a folding phone mm. like his life depended on it. You know, most of them look like garbage. But soon we'll be talking about one that I don't think is garbage. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's take a, a, a break real quick in the news to talk about our sponsor this week. Are you a middle-aged black father trying to maintain some semblance of sanity while raising your daughter in today's jacked-up society? Well, I'm not either, but our very own mm. Owen J.J. Stone is exactly that man. You can catch all his trials and tribulations, sadness, and success on Raising a Ninja, brought to you semi-regularly at IQMZ.com. Oh, man, you had me excited, and then you brought me down, and then you brought me back up again because you weren't that black man, but I'm a black man, and then I realized I was the black man. Man, that was a great delivery, brother. I appreciate <laughs> you, and you are the man. Uh, see, I, I, I do try. Um, hey, man, we, uh, we start this second round of news with a concept video of what the creator is calling a Razer V4, a 7-inch foldable OLED screen in an 18 by 9 aspect ratio, dual cameras, an outer screen for use when folded closed, and a third screen on the chin of the phone for shortcuts and quick actions. Based on Lenovo, Lenovo CEO Yang Yongqing, I, tr- I practiced that and I still messed it up, um, based on his comments at Mobile World Congress that the Moto Razor is coming back and that they are working on foldable screen technology, this rendering is beautiful. Oh, could, could you just roll a video? <laughs> could you could you get the video up and just roll it uh, for me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's, okay. let's hit this little okay, button right good. here. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, yep. So, um, no, uh, uh, put it on for the viewers that watch our show too, because I'm just talk to them about it. I'll, I'll, right. I'll, I'll add it in in post. Okay, post. Okay, look. Now, I'm not about that life with phone screens, as I just said. The one that came out of CES, it works, but it's a hunk of junk, and it's not sexy at all. And I don't really care about folding screens. It don't make no sense to me. But everybody and their mom who was worth a salt had a Razer phone. Before the iPhone, you had a Razer phone. And I'm looking at this render, and I'm telling you what. The fact that it flips open, if, if, if it's anything like this. I'm buying four of them. I'm probably going to sell three of them to pay for the one that I'm keeping, but I'm buying four of them. Imagine you flipped open that thin razor and you had like a seven inch screen and you could still bend it and curve it, had Mm. a touchpad at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then when you flipped it shut, you had a touchscreen on the outside. Mm -hmm. Imagine being able to drop your phone and not ruin your original uh, screen. Mm Mm-hmm. That's huge. Uh, Motorola makes extremely durable phones, as we all know. Mm-hmm. But this phone right here, this phone is game changing. Super thin foldability. I don't even know if this is possible. I don't know if it's real. But if you're looking at this render and you don't get a little bit of a chubby or you don't get a little bit like the rainy weather outside, if you're a lady, I don't know what's wrong with you because this, this is sexy right here. This, this is getting kissed on the couch when you were in high school. This it's something special. And I wish and I hope and I pray that this phone comes out. <laughs> I, I don't see this is what CES does. CES rumors things. They come out with stuff and then I don't get it. And then I say <laughs> CES was bullshit and I don't like it. But this I need. I need this. Like I just I'm over here. I'm, mm, you can't see what I'm doing right now, but I'm doing it. I need this phone so, so bad. It is pretty. It is sexy. It is amazing. What do you think about this phone, Amos? Tell me what you think. If it looked like this, if it was this, what, what do you think? I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. This is, I mean, operating system aside, this is a, an amazing phone. If, if we could have something like this, I'd be totally down. 
if we had something like this, again, they're talking about a $1,500 price point, which mm. at this point we're getting outraged with phones. But if, if this came out, this would be something new that I could justify to myself spending $1,500 on. And if they do the evil ship that they do and only put it on Verizon, I got to switch. I got to switch. <laughs> They're going to get me. And they better give me like $400 off for switching because I need that phone. Yeah. I, I don't care if it's nostalgia. I don't know what's going on in my heart, but I, I need that phone. That's a status symbol right there. I got the first flippy with the flappy and it's up. Razor. Oh, my God. Any show you watch that was made from 2003 to 2006, everybody who had any kind of money had that phone. I everybody. St- I still have my uh, the Razor VX 3000 or whatever. Uh, the last one that, that they came out with before they they stopped running them. Um, still have it. Still works. Still good I to go. I bet it does. I bet it does. We need that. Ra- I, I really do need that phone, though. <laughs> Not for nothing. Like, I need that phone. And definitely put it in post so I don't look like a sociopath talking all sexy about something that people can't see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you listen on audio, uh, the video will be in the link. Uh at the show page of the show notes, you, you got to see this phone. Imaginative or not, I don't care. I just need it to be real. Come come true, please, 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 please. please. Uh, next story. <laughs> Google announced this week they are partnering with WordPress developer Automatic on a new news publishing platform. They've invested $1.2 million in Newspack, designing it specifically for small publishers to have a vivid presence while also following Google's best practices. What do you think about Google getting into the Google publishing with, or the news publishing without publishing it themselves? Um, I like that it's with WordPress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like WordPress is the backbone of the internet, one of the backbones of the internet. And so anything working with them is uh, a good thing, keeping them alive, keeping them afloat, keeping them relevant in people's eyesight mm-hmm. and helping people who are afraid of WordPress to dip their toe into it, especially if they're journalists and they're personal journalists. Like there's a lot of people out there doing social justice or just reporting, like how we're reporting stuff on our own, right. uh, opinionative stuff and uh, giving them a new platform and an easier way to do that platform and probably helping them with searchability since they're partnered with Google mm-hmm. is also a huge bonus. Yeah, this is one of those things that anytime you make – I, I tread lightly here because you can take this either way, but anytime you make it easier to spread information, I think it's a good thing. Now, I would obviously hope, hope that that would be accurate information and, and vetted in some way, but I mean, just being able to, uh, lowering the, uh, the, 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 the cost of entry, the barriers to entry for people to get out there and put, put news out there and put uh, stories and, and relative information out there. I'm all for it. And if Google wants to get on this and help people with their visibility because they're they're practice, you know, doing the be- Google's best practices for for SEO and things like that, I don't see this as a bad thing. And also, I'm really glad that Automatic is getting some money injected into them because I like WordPress. I don't want to see it go away. <laughs> bonus, bonus. Um, yeah, super excited about this. I did not think about the misinformation, but I'm going to ignore that for right now, and I'm going to think positively. <laughs> 
because I want to flip razor foam. Next story. <laughs> Nolan Bushnell, founder of Atari and Chuck E. Cheese, is now heading up X2 Games, a game developer concentrated on the untapped market of interactive entertainment centered around the capabilities of Amazon Voice Services. Are you ready to start uh, having uh, having games on your uh, little red ring of, of I'm not listening? Yes. <laughs> I remember this day. Tonight, I just became a semi-millionaire, okay? I thought about this story, and I thought to myself, why do they go to Grandpa McGee when there's so many game builders with an app stores right now? Mm-hmm. Probably because he's got a simple mind, the games are going to be simple, and he thinks about them in a way that's linear that can be done audibly. Mm-hmm. Um so I fully understand that, but I think that there's other people you could have tapped into and probably paid far less to create games for you. Is This is just a name ploy to get it out there because he's affiliated with Chuck E. Cheese and such. But in the thought of this, I came up with a game. I asked my daughter. She thought it was cool. I'm going to charge 99 cents for it. I'm going to sell a million of them. I'm going to make $700,000 after Apple takes 30% of my money. And then I'm going to retire and pretend that I never met you. Okay, so that's my thoughts on that. What are your thoughts? The game they showcased on the video that we'll link to is in basically a virtual escape room. You've got a box full of clues and puzzles, and the um, the echo walks you through it and kind of gives you your timeline, keeps time for you, things like that. It seems like a natural progression. I've wondered why we didn't have games on on these platforms before. I am not smart enough to think of the how to incorporate those into an interactive experience. However, um, if you can find a way to make a game that's engaging and semi-repeatable on this, and not just be some, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to just ask my device to roll the dice for me so I can play sorry without having to actually physically roll dice. I want something actually interactive and and. Interesting, but if we can find that, I'm all for it. This is uh, like it says in the article, this is completely untapped. I mean, this is a whole new development area for these devices, and I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I would assume that there would have been more trivia to it because you do ask, uh, you can ask trivia questions and, and it plays along with you that way. Or if it's Halloween, you could say, um, tell me what I should be for Halloween and ask you questions. Mm-hmm. You take multiple choice answers and then it comes up with an answer for you. After going through that six or seven times, as you said, it does get repetitive with the answers. Mm-hmm. But this is a progressional step. This is very cool. And I am going to be a 700,000 heir because of this story. So thanks, Chuck E. Cheese, old guy, Nolan Bushnell. Nice. Um <clears throat> Let's go with uh, Wired's Kate O'Neill wrote up an interesting article about Facebook's 10-year challenge. A forced meme, and I say forced because that's exactly what it seems like, a forced meme where users would post side-by-side pictures of themselves from 10 years ago and today. In the article, she explains the possibility that this is really just a way for Facebook to enhance its AI capability to detect and predict aging. While she received some criticism over the idea, I think she belongs right here in this podcast because this is exactly my first thought when we the went through my head when I first heard of this challenge, this is just Facebook trying to AI me out of existence again. So uh, when I said that, I was called a clown and a full uh, hat wearer, and people made fun of me. And I said, "No, 
Secondly, I made a post about people only using Photoshop and filters, and that's why they look better, and I thought it was silly. But this is exactly what that does. And for people that say, Owen, they already have your pictures from 2008, Owen. Okay, well, guess what? When they've got billions upon billions upon billions of photos because of all you people that post photos of your cats, why not have you do the data mining for them? <laughs> yeah. Come out and do it. Now, I don't know who started the challenge, but I'm sure they enhanced it and said, oh, this is a great idea and then pushed it out more. But I'm just saying, if so, when you say, oh, and they already had the photos, I say good job fetching up the data for them so that they don't have to use their power and search engines to do it. You funky monkey filter <laughs> using basset hounds. I, I think that might be part of it as well is what do people because. You're not gonna you're not gonna do this if you think if you feel far less attracted than you did ten years ago. It's gonna mm-hmm. be oh well I can I can you know uh, I can have this filter and it'll even out my my um, my my wrinkles and and it'll even out my skin and this and that. So it's it's almost like this dual purpose. Like you're not only training the AI how to identify from an anchor like there because you're putting in the post this is a 2009 this is 2010 whatever, but you're also telling telling Facebook exactly which filters you like the best because they can tell. My favorite thing were people that were posting 2007 to 2018 or 2007 to 2016. I'm like, yo, so you're picking those the good years? (laughs) Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Oh, well, this is not. I'm like, no, that's not how the game works. The game works. 2018, 2008, 2019, 2009. Like you yep. can't just go pick out the random years that you want. Look, to maybe look cute. maybe people just can't count. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Next story. <laughs> Touche. Netflix is raising prices again. This time by an average of two dollars per tier to combat some increased costs of original content and bandwidth. Or are they simply trying to preempt the pricing wars that are sure to be coming as Disney sets to start their own streaming service later this year? Is it the Netflix Netflix apocalypse? So if it was for Disney, then they might be pricing themselves out anyway because they're losing a lot of Marvel content. So as much Mm. content as they're creating, they're losing. They got to make more and I get it. First of all, anybody complain about this? I'm sure you're sharing your password with five other people. Okay. I'm sure you're sharing your password with other people. Mm-hmm. Your numbers are so skewed over there that they've got to recoup this money. So, yep. I mean, I'm not going to snitch on myself, but I'm just saying I know a lot of people out there ain't paying for Netflix. So that one person out of five, yeah, they got a right to be upset. Maybe they should go put up a collection of 30 cents per person a day that they use their password and call it a day. Because until it hits $20 a month, mm. Once it's twenty dollars a month, that's when you really have to start thinking about it. Um, I personally pay for the premium on Hulu just because I don't want commercials, which is twelve dollars versus seven. Mm-hmm. And if they raised it more on me, I'd be like, mm, I think I'll deal with the commercials because, <laughs> like, at some point yeah. you have to break. But with Am- with Netflix, uh, up until twenty bucks, it's worth it for me right now. I know people say there's not anything on Netflix. I'm like, what, what kind of bougie? sociopath of you like i just need to watch mindless content while i'm editing and working i don't right. need to like feel like my heart is taking a flight from netflix <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, and, and also if you can't find something to watch on netflix they're happy to to provide you with thousands of of 
interesting uh, uh, ideas for you. Like, oh, here you go. Here's some suggested content. Here you go. Yeah. When people tell me I can't find anything to watch on Netflix, I think of just how weird they are and how weird that they must be in their lifestyle and they're viewing pleasure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right. And uh, continue on. It's basically the same the same conversation. And no surprise yep. to cord cutters like me, the number of American families getting their TV over the air has climbed 50% between May of 2010 and May of 2018. Also on the rise, free services like YouTube, virtual providers like Hulu and Sling TV, and the blood pressure of cable company CEOs everywhere. This number, the reason this story is here is to reiterate the fact that these numbers are skewed. If you go and read the article and the breakdown, they're like, oh, 6 million of these 50 use Hulu or Netflix. 6 million people use uh, over-the-air bunny rabbit ears. 6 million don't. So again, <laughs> people are sharing their passwords. If you have Hulu, three people are using that Hulu login. If you have Netflix, five people minimum are using that Netflix login. Um, don't think that it's not happening. Your numbers are way off. I'd say that number is about 65%. Again, I tell you, like I told Leo a while ago, I got people that are dumb that have finally figured out how to use um, Amazon Fire Stick TV and are now using Sling TV. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, if I was the cable company, I would start charging a million dollars for internet right now because you're already <laughs> losing people left and right. It's over for you. And CBS with their own streaming service, and now Disney's coming out with one, which is part of NBC. And I'm less like, so now the new game is going to be, oh, well, what are you watching? Oh, I'm paying $147. I got HBO Go and Showtime now and Netflix yep. and uh, Hulu and Disney and CBS. Like, you're just going to create all kinds of new criminals and everybody's going to lose because instead of coming together and maybe putting all your eggs behind Hulu and just sharing the pie, you're breaking up the monopolies too much and people aren't going to use your service a la carte. It's not going to happen. People can't afford it at the end of the day. It's going to, it's going to choke itself out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and record and say that I'm not sharing my password with anybody outside my house. However, I have enough people in my house to have twice the amount of uh, the estimated sharing that Owen just said. So, <laughs> hey, hey, I didn't snitch on myself. I said people would do it. I didn't say we were doing it. But to, to my point, your point, of having enough people in your household, that, that's another thing that quantifies it, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got like 37 kids at, plus your wife. I mean, that means that there's 40 people using 39, my mask off, unless you're married see, to two women. See, there's 39 see people you're, you're just like those, those Netflix people that can't count. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the Facebook people, um, yeah, we worst. we have we have nine people living in the house, and all of us have every person in this house has at least one device. Even the babies have at least one device with Netflix on it, and they're all signed in to the same account. Now we do have to pay for the like four concurrent streams or whatever, because that's the minimum that we need in our house for what we all, all watch. But we got Apple TVs, we got uh, Amazon TVs, we got you know the Fire Sticks, we got iPads, phones, and all of them are logged in. The, the PlayStations are logged into the same um, uh, Netflix account. So just in our house, we're we are part of the problem. That the prices need to go up just from us, and we do not have cable. We I, I have over the air for uh, for live football when I want when I want to watch it when it's not on my Verizon service that I use. And that's about it. Like that's uh, we haven't had cable since we moved to Alaska, and we I don't think we used it very much when we were in Texas before we moved up here. So there you have it. 
These are the worlds we live in. Oh, Netflix are shows that are given. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to sleep now. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and tell people where they can find you at. Uh, man, first of all, you can subscribe to our show um, at iqmz.com. Just cruise on by there. You'll find the link and hit the little button and do the doobly-doo and blah, 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 blah. But you can find me on Twitter at Ethan Kane. Don't look for me on Facebook because I'm deleting that shit off my phone. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll check it once in a while for the groups because we got some good groups up here in Alaska. But other than that, uh, I'll, I'll check that from the browser. I'm, I'm getting rid of the app. I'm, I've made that decision. The app is gone. And, uh, yeah, you can find, find me on Twitter at Ethan Kane. I'm a slave to the system. I'm still on Facebook. If you want a friend, I'll be your friend. I'm there for you. Uh, at Odakta on everything. And uh, 10 for 10. Go ahead, put that challenge up. Play it. Go ahead, help the system out. That's what we do in our hair in these streets. I feel like we're always bashing Facebook, but they deserve it. And yeah, that's yeah. the bottom line on that. I'm your boy, NJD Sonic Odakta. I'm Amos. And we're out. Peace. We should put our own 10-year challenge just as the screen is right now with you on one side and me on the other and let Facebook figure that shit out. (laughs) Right.